Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Talking 313 podcast. Today, we've got a little bit of a something special. For the first time, we're going to have two different guests on the podcast. First, I'm starting out with the, the long-anticipated return of Logan Slade to the podcast after a little two-week hiatus. And then we're going to get into a little bit of Luke Black. But right now, we got Logan here with me. Uh, how are you doing today, Logan? Good. How are you doing today, man? Doing fantastic. Everything's great. You know, Friday, college baseball started today. Not that we're probably going to talk about that at all, but just all, always a Always exciting day when there's some baseball and a yeah. new sport starts up. I think that's something that's very exciting. But what we're kind of got to get into today is uh, Michigan, Michigan State news, uh, pick a couple games, and then talk briefly about the Super Bowl. Me and Luke are going to get into more of the Lions and Tigers as pitchers and catchers just reported for spring training. And we're just going to talk about maybe that Lions, their home and away splits, kind of look at that as how their their schedule could look and things of that sorts. But without further ado, we should probably get into that this Michigan State, Michigan uh, situation that's been going on. Obviously, Michigan State beat Ohio State on Sunday last week and were scheduled to play on Wednesday and, and did not end up playing that was due to really a, a terrifying, terrible situation that went on East, in East Lansing. Uh, there was an active shooter on campus at night. It was around 6.30. I want to say it was Monday night. And three, three Michigan State students were killed, five others shot, and are still in hospitalization. I think we've heard that one of them is definitely stabilized. The other four are still getting treated and, and trying to be stabilized into a way where they can they can resume their lives the way that you know they were doing it before. The the three students that were killed, Ariel Anderson, Brian Frazier, Alexandria Werner, you just have to you have to pay respect for them because because their lives were taken way too soon. Ariel Anderson was studying to be a doctor. So she's a, a girl that in her future was probably going to be saving lives. So we have a girl doing everything right, going possibly going to save lives in her future. And her life was just taken away from her and her, I don't, I'm not sure if they were in the same exact school, but from the same city in gross point, Brian Frazier was also killed. He was, I mean, there's not much on there about him, you know, that you can figure out from, just looking around, I'm sure as as more news comes out and, and they're honored even more, we're going to learn more about them. But for all three of these guys, you can just you just feel for them and feel for what Michigan State's been going through here because it's a terrible situation and it's it's a terrible place that I feel like we're in right now, that this is a thing that is common almost at this point. Obviously, it's it's not common at the same time, but it feels like it's happening a lot way too often today and and I'm not even going to say the shooter's name or talk about the shooter because saying stuff like that gives him the credit that he doesn't deserve because he the only thing that he can get out of this is that is is having his name remembered and he does not deserve that so I'm I'm not even going to say his name mention him at all but with that being said Michigan and Michigan State were supposed to play a basketball game on Saturday at eight o'clock that game is still on tail to be played and as of now, it's it's all but official that it's going to be played. It's it's almost, I'd say, 95% going to be played. Now, I know Jawan Howard and Tom Izzo talked before, and Michigan's going to be 
they're handing out like I think 400 or 4,000, some a large number of green ribbons. Student section are wearing maize shirts that says Michigan stands with MSU. The the players are wearing Michigan State shooting shirts that are going to be just honoring the school. It's going to be a crazily emotional game and and honestly a game that's entirely bigger than just the basketball game in general. Not only are you coming off that terrible situation, but you're going to play your in-state rival where where everybody's feeling the pain that they've been feeling. And I just think every, everything that can be done for that game needs to be done in the right way and needs to be just, just you have to honor the Michigan State players. You have to honor the students. I hope that everything in that game, you know, obviously as a Michigan fan, I'm never fully going to root for Michigan State, but if there was one game against Michigan that I want them to win, it would, it would be this one. It's, it's a really tough situation that, that all of this has been thrown into, especially, obviously this is way bigger than basketball, but if you look at the basketball standpoint of this, Michigan State in their February home stretch of the year, their basketball team thrown on a hiatus where they're not allowed to practice play or anything in the middle of their season. It's even at a point where they're kind of heating up. I think they won two straight games. They probably would have made it three playing Minnesota going into Michigan. And, and then this happened that not only stopped this basketball program, but probably shocked a lot of the players and a lot of the players are probably terrified. And and a lot of students at MSU are going to be, scarred for life from from this experience just being in that lockdown it's just a terrible experience overall way bigger than basketball so i wanted to definitely touch on that before we got into any of the more sports basketball talking about the super bowl anything like that michigan state did only play that one game last week they smoked ohio state there's not not many takeaways from that coming up in that michigan game we talked about the emotional aspect of it what do you what do you expect from that Michigan game? Uh, you know, I think like you said, it's bigger than basketball. I think at this point, it's a, it's a way for the rivalry to kind of get back to respecting each other because let's face it, in football and hockey and these last couple of years, we've really just kind of made holes in each other's reputation and uh, not really respecting one another. I think it's, I think it's an opportunity for us to regain mutual respect and come together for a bigger cause than basketball. Um, you know, Michigan's doing a nice job of honoring the victims and honoring what happened, but at the end of the day, it's still going to be hard to play a game of basketball with everything that took that took place earlier in the week. But, um, yeah, I think Michigan's handling it well. I think Michigan State is doing the best of their ability to handle it as well. I mean, if if there was a, the post earlier this week about how the, the players couldn't even practice right on Wednesday, how, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking to counselors and social workers about how it's just, it was such a, a hard time for them. And that's totally understandable, and they're not going to be able to they probably will be right for another couple of weeks at least because this is a, like you said, it's a very hard event, a very tragic event that not anybody wants to go through. And it hits so close to home that it really shakes up a lot of people. So, yeah. Um, big takeaway from this is just, I can care less about what happens in this game. I just hope that we all can come together and play for a bigger cause than basketball itself. 100% agree. I, I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. This game, to me, you can analyze it and whatever. And without the shooting, I'm sure we'd be going into a, a big analyzation of it. But at this point, none of that even matters anymore. Three innocent people's lives were taken. And that's really what, what should be focused on in this game, no matter the outcome of it, no matter the play of the game, no matter anything that happens in that game. 
what should be the focus is, is honoring this Michigan State basketball team and the university as a whole, I think. And I think you said it, I think you said it greatly where it's, it's a way for this rivalry to, what did you say? Fill, fill some of the holes yeah. that they've, they've burned into each other lately. Cause lately with Michigan, Michigan state, you can look back to that the Devin Bush situation, the, the situation this year with Kari Crump and Jaden McBurrows, the, maybe more on the football side of things, but they've, there's definitely been as comes in most rivalries, some, some hatred. And this is a, this is a game that I think none of that hatred should be there. It shouldn't be more just loving everybody and, and making sure that everybody gets through this. Cause this is way bigger than basketball. Michigan played two games last week and they were pretty uh, piss poor. They lost to Indiana 62 to 61 and then lost to Wisconsin 64 to 59. Both of those, you know, Wisconsin was on the road, Indiana at home. Both of those games that uh, they should have won. Probably should have won. Logan, what, what, we can try and keep it brief here, but what do you have? Hopefully, to keep it brief. Yeah, I'll try my best. At this point, it's, I, I, I think my biggest issue was with, the Wisconsin game, and it's not the fact that they lost, it's how they lost. Mm -hmm. It's it's become a growing issue. I'm not going to go into whether I think Juwan Howard can coach or not. At this point, I think Michigan basketball is a big culture problem. You know, the free Juwan t-shirts, the Hunter Dickinson ski mask, you know, know, everything with that is just, it's not classy and it's not something I can root for. Um, I'm not saying anything. I'm not touching into whether I think Jordan Howard's a good coach or not. I think he is a good coach, but I just think Michigan has a big culture problem right now. It's, it's That's that's the reason why we're not doing better. You know, I think teams, when you have a culture, you have an identity, and it helps you win games. We don't have an identity right mm-hmm. now. And uh, people are, the kids can just think they can just do whatever they, whatever they yeah. want without any repercussions. And it, it, it's like, where are the adults in the room? Where are the coaches to step in and say, hey, we should, probably shouldn't do this, or we should, we should change this to make it better for us, but I just don't see any progression and I, I don't see any leader, leaders on this team either. That's the biggest thing. So as far as that, it's it's really disappointing to see all this talent get wasted, but um, you know, that's what I have on, this, on these two games. How about you, Ben? I love that C word that you use, culture. I think that you could say I love, I also love comparing this to the Michigan football situation. You can say that, remember when that Michigan football, you know, they had that big culture problem and they flipped it. And I feel like you're going to have to do that with this team at the end of this year. It can't be getting rid of a couple guys. you got to completely flip the whole entire situation and scenario that this this team has, has based its, its heart around and everything that this team is means because – Losing as many games as they do at the buzzer and like the way they've lost these games, you can't, you can put a lot of it on coaching, but at the end of the day, it's going to fall on the players at some point too. Whereas I, I feel like, I mean, you had Juwan Howard, you you know, it's broken when you have a coach going on a post-game interview after a game saying the players aren't running the plays I tell them to run. Yeah, right. And some, something's got to change. Something's got to change here. I think – do you got anything else on this Michigan team? Because I don't think we need yeah, to – Yeah, we, we don't need to, to linger on them. 
We're going to pick a couple games before we get into the Super Bowl. Just stay with the basketball aspect. We got four games here, just picking them straight up, not against the spread or anything. All Or five games, sorry. All Big Ten games. You're going to have Saturday, Illinois at Indiana, 12 o'clock. What do you got? Uh, Indiana's been playing really well lately. I think they probably have the most talented teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, you got a big duo of the Huchavino and uh, Trace and uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Indiana with this one. How about you? I'm agree. I think I'm going Indiana as well. Indiana's been performing as one of the best teams in college basketball lately, like you said. No, I know they just they just took an L. I can't remember where it was, but they just took an L. So sure we're saying this after they've been doing that. But still, you know, there's the ups and downs of college basketball. You're gonna lose some games no matter who you play, no matter where you play. And I think that that was one of those situations. So I'm gonna go Indiana as well. Our second game we're gonna take is Rutgers at Wisconsin on Saturday at 12 o'clock. Uh, I'll leave Rutgers with this, but I think they have more talent in Wisconsin. I think they're better coached. Uh, so I'll just I'll roll uh, Rutgers to get it done on the road. How about you, Ben? So I think for this Rutgers Wisconsin game. You can look at a team in Rutgers who has been playing really good, took a loss to Nebraska this week. That was kind of a little wonky loss. They, it's not a game you expect them to win, especially or lose, especially at home. And then Wisconsin's been playing okay. They just beat Michigan. I mean, everybody's beating Michigan nowadays, it seems like. So that's not anything that you can really write home about. But I think that this is a game that Rutgers should probably win. I think it's a game Rutgers will win, even though they're on the road. I think they're a little better than Wisconsin, a little more talented. And I think they'll come out with the victory. Third game we're going to take is Iowa at Northwestern. They play Sunday at 6.30. Um, I'm just going to go Iowa. Northwestern's coming off of a big leg against Purdue. I know that was a little, a little bit ago, but up down theory. Mm-hmm. I'll leave Iowa here with to get it done against Northwestern. I think Northwestern's going to win this game. I think they're a team that's really been hot lately. They beat Purdue. I think they beat Indiana. or that was a, I think they beat Indiana. And so they're coming off two huge wins, and I think they're going to continue that momentum and keep playing well, especially at home in their own venue. Fourth game we got here is Iowa at Wisconsin, Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Iowa? Iowa at Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll Wisconsin here. I think um, at home is kind of where I, I, I give the edge, especially in the Big Ten. We know how hard it is to win out the road. So, I will, if I pick them to win the other game, i mm-hmm. pretty sure Wisconsin win this one. I'm yeah. Gonna, well, I'm going to go the opposite of you again. It seems like every single game I have on here that I have Wisconsin playing and I pick them to lose. Uh, I, I'm really not a big fan of Wisconsin's basketball team this year. I don't think they're very talented. And I think Iowa's a, a team that is is really streaky. And I feel like they're a team that could just simply outshoot Wisconsin, even in their own venue. So I'm going to go with Iowa on this one. The final game we're going to take here. It's Northwestern traveling to Illinois Thursday at 9 o'clock. I think it's a pretty intriguing game there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Illinois. You know, they have probably, besides Purdue and Indiana, I think this team is the most talented team. Uh, they got a lot of depth, nice pieces with the guard playing with Terrence Shannon and a couple of bigs down low with Colton Hawkins. I think they can get it done in uh, – Kind of rest their season here going into the Big Ten tournament into March. Yeah, I said it last week. Uh, I'm gonna say it again. I hate Indiana. Or, so Indiana fans, don't come for me. I hate you, Illinois. I hate Illinois fans with a passion. Illinois fans. I think I said it last week. Worst part of my life. They're terrible. Uh, 
So I'm going to go Northwestern just to spite them. I think maybe this is a toss-up game, so I'm not I'm not hating that I'm doing that. Illinois definitely plays a lot better at home than they do on the road, so this is probably a game I would expect Illinois to win, but just because I hate Illinois fans, I'm going to go with Northwestern here. <laughs> you know, it's always the yeah. smart way to pick, yep. right? You're like, oh, yeah, I think this game's going to win, so I'm going to go with the other one. Yeah. It works out more than you think. Oh, yeah. All right, you ready to get into that Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, let's do it. What do you think? 38-35 Chiefs, what, what do you got for me? One of the best Super Bowls I've ever watched. To be honest, it was very entertaining. I, so obviously, everyone else have talked about the call at the end of the game. I don't, I'm not mad about how they called it. I'm just upset that the game didn't go into overtime. I was really rooting for overtime to get to watch more football action. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I didn't have any particular favorite. I, two teams I could care less if they didn't make it ever to another Super Bowl again. But you know, I uh, I really just, it was great. It was a great game. It was very entertaining. The halftime show was was it was okay. But, oh, the women yeah. are coming for you now. Yeah, I know. It was okay. Me, 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 me. Yeah, come on. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was entertaining. And I think if you're a Philadelphia fan, to be honest, I think you're mad at the wrong call, in my in my opinion. Because I know everybody's saying, well, he admitted to it. That's that's great. But at the end of the day, I could see where they where they would call it holding, regardless of what happened or not. So I could see it from both angles. I could see why you'd be upset, but I also could see this that is the correct call in my opinion. And you can't just we can't justify wanting a change of a call because it's the end of the game. If you see the call, you need to call it. So that's my that's my take on it. I would be mad at the other call, the Devontae Smith catch that overturned. Um, I didn't really see how they overturned it. I thought it was a it was it was a catch. I I could I could be totally wrong, whatever. But if they don't overturn that, Philly has a chance to get down the field, score again, keep momentum going. But that none of these calls are going to influence the game. At the end of the day, uh, Kansas City had four possessions in the second half and they scored all four times. Hurts it played a great game. But he did have, have one fumble, which you know we all know for a touchdown. Um, you know, the the refs don't directly influence the game. So at the end of the day, if you're a Philadelphia fan, you have to look at what you could have done better. And all your defense had to do was get one step, and you could we couldn't you couldn't do that. So you got to tip your cap to Andy Reid, tip your cap to the Chiefs, because um, they played a hell of a game. It was one of the best games I've ever watched. So what were your thoughts on that, Ben? I would agree. I think that it was a fairly well officiated game after two championship games that were maybe some of the poorest officiating I've seen in the NFL in a long time. I think that this game was was officiated pretty well. And to argue with maybe a couple calls that could have gone the other way, you can argue a couple calls for the Chiefs could have gone the other way, a couple calls for the Eagles could have gone the other way. I think you can argue both of those teams could have had plays that and calls that that should have or maybe could have gone the other way. And I don't think that just that one call define it probably will define this game for the rest of time. Everybody's probably going to remember it for, oh, well, that call at the end of the game. But I, I don't think that that's the correct thing for – I don't think that's what this game should be remembered for. I think, as you said, it should be remembered for the fantastic game it was where you have offense scoring back and forth. You have a couple stops here and there. You have some fluke crazy plays like the Kadarius Tony uh, punt return, that longest punt return in Super Bowl history. The ball that Jalen Hurts kicked. Right. You had some some just insane stuff. I mean, I feel like the Eagles had their chance to put this away a couple times. They didn't. Right. Yeah. And sure. that's something you could look at. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady, or nothing. I'm not saying anything close to that. But looking at the legacy here, 
for Patrick Mahomes, do you think he could be maybe the second best quarterback of all time when it's all said and done? I I'll say the most ta- he is okay. okay. I wouldn't say he's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. I've never saw Michael Vick play, so I when people say Vick was the most talented, I can't really yeah, say neither have I. Since I, since we've been born, two thousand since I started watching football, Mahomes is the most talented quarterback I've ever I've ever seen. Doesn't mean he's the best though. You know, obviously best player is we all know it's Brady, but like you said, if Mahomes, what he's twenty seven, I twenty seven. I'm, I'm curious how many Super Bowls Tom Brady had when he was twenty seven. He had he had three. Okay, so well, okay, he had three in his first five years. Okay, but one of them was in his fifth year. Oh, so right. yeah, Mahomes is on the track of Brady. Not, no one's saying he's, he's one get behind. There. Yeah, yeah, no one's saying he's gonna get there. But if there was a guy to even get close to Brady, it would be him. So mm-hmm. where it's gonna be really entertaining to see how it all shakes out yeah. on the back end. I don't think his play style won't get. Brady's play style got him to 45, 46. Mahomes, Mahomes won't get there. them there. He's got probably 10 more years. Yeah. He'll get to 37, 38, but he's got more enough talent. He's got if long as, as long as Andrew stays in, in Kansas City, he's, he's got a chance to win a Super Bowl as good as anybody. Mm-hmm. So if there's a guy to challenge Brady, it's definitely Mahomes. Yeah, I would agree. I think that he's definitely a guy that if if anybody that we've seen play, he's probably the one that has the best chance to get to where maybe not where Brady is, but as close as, yeah. as others can get. But then you look at the other quarterback that played in this game, and uh, he's a guy that went into the locker room, apologized to his teammates for his play, even though he threw for 304 yards, threw a touchdown, no interception. Sure, he had that fumble. He also ran for three touchdowns. He did seemingly every single little thing he can to win this ball game, And he felt like he was at fault. Now he did say something interesting in his press uh, for post-game conference, post-game press conference. He said something to the lines of you either win or you learn. And I thought that was really interesting to hear. And I feel like you maybe hear that sometimes in the middle of the season, but you don't really hear that a lot after a player has lost a Super Bowl. I think that just shows a crazy amount of respect for the character that Jalen Hurts has. Yeah, I would agree. I, he's one. I think he's he's one of the best underrated leaders in the NFL. He's he's a budding superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, none of people and we have this is part of it, but everybody was concerned with Patrick Mahomes' ankle injury as they should be. But no one mentioned Hurts' uh, shoulder injury and mm-hmm. how it's been lingering the last three weeks of the season and into the playoffs. But um, it, you know, under it's it was a great way of putting a team on your team on your back. And even giving them a chance to be there because without Hurts, they're they're nowhere even close no. to winning that game. So, um, yeah, Hurts is a budding superstar. He's got the the mentality and leadership to carry his team to to to, to win the Super Bowl. That's you know the highest he can be. He he's got the mentality to get him to the next level in the next couple of years here. As long as the GM or uh, as long as the team is in place around him, he should be more than capable of doing that. So, uh, credit to him. He played a great game. It's not. It's not his fault, singly his fault they lost. People would point to one play. But at the end of the day, your defense allowed 38 points and your offense put 35. Yeah, your it's, defense doesn't get a stop the stop. whole second half. Right. Yeah. That's all you need, one stop. And, and they got to realize we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. So he needs to get the credit he deserves. I agree. I think Jalen Hurts gets maybe not a lot of hate, but definitely some hate, probably for the schools he went to in college where people just associate him with Alabama and Oklahoma and are like, oh, well, I'm not going to like you then. But he is, he's calm, he's cool, collected. He doesn't run his mouth. He doesn't, he's not obnoxious. He's not, 
he has a calm where Joe Burrow has a calm swagger about him. Jalen Hurts, I wouldn't even say has that. He's just calm, yeah. cool, and collected. He doesn't even he, he doesn't seem to say a word about anybody other than himself yeah. ever. And I think that you need your guys with personality in the NFL, and you also need your guys like this. And and I really appreciate the way Jalen Hurts goes about his business and plays the game of football. I think that he's really a guy that these young players, young football players, any really young player in any sport can can look up to as, as a role model. Yeah, I can't say that myself. Yeah. All right, anything else you got to touch on with the Super Bowl? I think you did a good job of summing it all up. I think so too. So you're going to have the Luke Black segment coming up next oh, here. It's 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 gonna be exciting. It's gonna be for those of you that know Luke, he he gets fired up, yes. and I'm sure he will a couple times in here. He's he's a guy that is very passionate about his Detroit sports. There's there's few guys out there that love Detroit sports as yeah. much as Luke Black. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Uh, it's gonna be really fun, real a really fun uh environment with Luke Black. But thanks for listening here for to Logan. Logan, you got anything to say before you head out here? I would just say let's you know let's get let's keep growing this podcast. I think we've done a good job so far, and you know review it, rate, tell your friends about it, subscribe, whatever you do on the on the platforms. Let's get it to the to popularity. Let's get let's get it going. Yeah, uh, look forward to new episodes with you guys. Oh yeah, took the words right out my mouth. All right, I hope you guys enjoy this Luke segment coming up here. Logan, thanks for having, or thanks for coming along here uh, this week. All right, so now we got the second part of our podcast here. We got our second special guest with us here today. It's uh, Luke Black. He's a famous YouTuber for his LB2K YouTube videos. Luke, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, how you guys doing? I'm Luke Black. Honored to be here today. Got our first ever studio audience. First ever studio audience. We got Brett and Bibber here. So if you hear a little background laughs and stuff like that, any type of background they can noise. They quite the distraction. They, they really can be. So it's all right. Everything's good if they start making noise. Today, I think me and Luke are going to kind of pick up where me and Logan left off with the Super Bowl. Just talk a little bit about that. I want to hear, you know, Luke's point of view from that game. And uh, then we're going to get into a little bit of Detroit Lions and maybe a little Tigers because, you know, pitchers and catchers just reported for spring training. All the players are, are in uh, Florida, Arizona, wherever their respective spring training sites are. They're down there now. So about that Super Bowl, what do you think? Man, I thought it was a great game. What did you think? Definitely, I agree. I mean came down to the wire it was everything you could ask for other than that last the way it ended kind of left a little bit more to be wanted some fans like. were not happy with some it. fans and and those fans were in philadelphia you mm-hmm. would say some were saying that the chiefs stole it and that the eagles were ripped off right and i have a couple things to say about that before i hear we hear your thoughts about that okay. i think for one you could agree that it was definitely a questionable hold maybe for that situation it was probably a hold that if it's called early in the game nobody bats an eye because it's probably yeah. at the right call but just having it be the game deciding play definitely made it more scrutinized and you had you had gosh what's his name the safety what's his name shoot all right well he went in an interview after the game and uh, said james Bradbury. yeah james Bradbury. you're right yeah, yeah james Bradbury. he went in an interview after the game and was like and was talking about how he thought it was a hold, and he was hoping they would let it slip. And so the, I, I think that not to interrupt you, Ben. No, no, you good. But I think that that should be clarity for everyone, mm-hmm. and that should be the end of it. But people are still arguing that I agree. The Eagles were robbed. I agree. The other thing I can say is, who knows if the Eagles win that game after that? People, yeah, it's not a guarantee. Like, yeah, because they're still kicking a field goal. Mm-hmm. They're still getting a three point lead, and Jalen Hurts has a minute forty six seconds to go down. Now, yeah, 
he probably does get into field goal range at the very least and get a field goal and tie that game up, send it to overtime. You never know what happens from there. But you could say that this this Eagles team had plenty of chances, I feel like, in the second half to put this game away, and they, they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Eagles definitely – they looked really strong throughout the whole game, but Chiefs, man, they scored on every single possession they had in the second, second half. Second half, yeah. How – Andy Reid. Eagles defense has got Andy Reid's second half adjustments, I think. But nobody's talking about that mm-hmm. when they're talking about how the Eagles were robbed. Yeah. But they didn't stop the Chiefs one time mm-hmm. in the second half. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like to say, oh, well, this one play decided the game. And then a lot of people are on the complete other side of the spectrum where they're like, that one play doesn't decide the game. There's so much more of the game that happens. And I Definitely. think I, th- I think you have to meet in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Like one play is something that can 100% – maybe not the side of game, but be the biggest point of a game. And I yeah. think that that means that, sure, that's probably the most important play of the game, and that's maybe one of the highest deciding factors, if not, but not the deciding factor, I think. Definitely. And I think that the Eagles had plenty of chances to put this game away, like I said earlier, about 24, was it 24-10, 24-13, yeah, I think. Yeah, they had a nice lead at halftime. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that people aren't talking about is if Butker makes that field goal, the one he hit off the upright? Yeah. Then all they have to do is kick that field goal or Jarek McKinnon's going to score that last touchdown, and this game's over. Yeah. Yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, they played really good in the second half, but also the Eagles didn't play as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that the whole Eagles arrived. I think it's kind of – I don't like it. I feel like Sirianni came out, guns blazing, coached I, – I mean, Sirianni, I think he coached – perfectly i think he coached very well i think he coached great but andy reed was even better yeah i think andy reed cemented himself as the best coach in football right now yeah definitely i think i mean he just his second half adjustments in that game offensively and defensively were probably some of the best i've seen a team make especially on that stage now my question to you is what do you think they shot patrick mahomes with that's a good question i've heard wild things I'm probably from, saying a Percocet. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised if he got shot up with a Percocet. I think that Mahomes might be the greatest Perk player of all time. He may be We've the greatest Perk player. Perk Cousins, Perk, Perk Cousins. Rogers. I think that Mahomes cements it with his Super Bowl performance. What, so Perk what's Mahomes. Perk Mahomes. Perk Rick. Perk, Perk, probably just Perk Mahomes. I think Perk Mahomes. <laughs> Perk, Perk Mahomes. He's the greatest. Yeah. I, I was trying to make it. Because he was obviously on something. Yeah. You know, he he had was it. on one leg, and he comes back. Second time he's done it. Jaguars game, he did the same thing. He went uh, into halftime with, on one leg, comes out. But that, that game, he looked a little hobbled, though. Yeah. He didn't so, look hobbled. In, in this Super Bowl, no, not at he all. Look he looked like he was at the best so, point of his career. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely think he was 100% shot up with something. I think the other thing that you could say – from that was maybe it was one of those things that it hits you the right way in the moment where it hurts really bad at first, but it kind of quickly, you know. Yeah, because you're playing in the Super Bowl. You got to get everything you got. Mm-hmm. That you adrenaline. Got that adrenaline. 30, going you crazy. got 30 more minutes of just playing your heart out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to compare this to high school football or whatever, but the one thing I could say that's kind of weird about him going into halftime and then coming out, I feel like, Whenever there are injuries playing high school football, especially for me and for other people, once you had that halftime, that adrenaline kind of wore off a little bit in that halftime, then you almost lost that that little juice you had to to finish that game because of 
you know, the halftime break, especially in this game where the halftime is 30 minutes instead of 15. Yeah. So he was he had to have been shot up or something. I think mm-hmm. had to have been. Yeah. So you think that the Eagles went down during the halftime? You think they like lost their juice? No, I was I was maybe that could have been part of it. That could have been they maybe tried to come out of the second half with with a different tone. I feel like the they might have been a little too conservative. A little time. too conservative. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, they came out of the second half trying to finish the game instead of put the game away, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, you got to put it away and then get conservative. Mm-hmm. They, I feel like they were a little too conservative. They played great still. They still played a great game overall. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs just – they just finished it out. I agree. I agree. All right, you ready to get in the Lions? I love the Lions. Got to love the Lions. What's not to love about the Lions these days? Great future. Great Arguably future. the best future in the whole NFL. Yeah, I would say, without a doubt, the best future in Detroit. Oh, definitely. In all Detroit, Michigan sports, the I would say. Detroit's a little tough. Yeah, yeah. We'll Look get on the time. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there later. But shaky. We'll get there later. It's not. not... Alavila set us back. <laughs> he really Don't did. Don't get me started. Don't, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I would say for the Lions, they just, I mean, not just released, but recently have released their home and away splits for the next upcoming season so i figured something we could do is we could look at those games and kind of determine maybe a floor and a ceiling for this team i'm gonna tell you i was looking at it a few days ago i legitimately think we will win at least 10 games for sure you think 10 games if i had to guess their win total coming in the year will be set at 10 and a half i'm gonna say we'll get 11 wins i say we'll be 11 you think we'll be over so let's look at that schedule kind of a little bit more in depth let's start with those home games okay so we got the bears Mm-hmm. We get, that's a win. I think the Bears yeah, are rebuilding, win, especially at home. Packers, it's a win. Perk Rogers, he's leaving. Yeah, we got that. It's a win. Vikings, Vikings are on the down slope. I think that's a win too at home, one hundred percent. Then we got the Falcons. Falcons, the Falcons a, are also a rebuilding team. Yep, we got win. Them. Panthers, Panthers. I think they could be all right next year, but I think that's probably still a win at home. The Panthers are still a quarterback away. Yeah, I agree. They and got some pieces, yeah. but they're a quarterback. Away. They're not going to get him this year. We could very well win that game. Mm-hmm. And then Broncos. I don't, the Broncos could have a turnaround season next it's, year. It's tough to tough to say with the Broncos because they get Sean Payton. They they kind of re. I could see us losing this game. Yeah, they revamped their whole coaching staff, and let. I wonder what Russell Wilson does with a coach who, who actually knows how to coach he did, quarterback. Everyone was talking terrible about Russell Wilson. He had some flashes, especially at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. He had some flashes where of old Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the year, they with Hackett were having. I don't know how much you heard about this, but Hackett was basically calling four or five plays and Wilson would pick from those four or five plays. And that's what kind of led to those false start penalties. And so I feel like Russell Wilson was almost just overworked. Yeah. Almost having to run the entire Broncos team where Sean Payton is not letting him run the whole Broncos team. I know Sean Payton came in and he was said stuff around the, around the lines of with Russell Wilson's, you know, his like personal trainer and all that. He's like, yeah, he's not allowed in our facility. Like it, this is our facility. These are going to be our, our employees, our our staff and all that. And he's like, you can do whatever you want with him on your own time, but he doesn't come into our facility during our practice time. Yeah, I don't think they had a good culture around those schools. I think they put him in a really bad scenario and everyone was just talking terrible about, terrible about him. But he didn't have much around him. He didn't have good coaches around him. He didn't have a good situation. And I think he gets a lot of hate for that. It's a very hard situation to come into, especially after spending, what, 12, 10, 12, Something 11, like that, yeah. Plenty of years. A whole decade for sure in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And then just gets thrown in there with, in a terrible situation. Yeah. I don't know how you expect him to perform super well. No. Yeah, it was just a bad situation. So I, I could see them having a turnaround year. I could see this being a game that is definitely going to be tougher for us. Yeah. I could see this maybe being our toughest home game. I think so. But I think we still win. I think the Lions are – Okay. 
I I think the Lions win. I think the Lions are a step ahead of where the Broncos are going to be. I, I think another thing you're going to look at for that game is is where it comes in the season, and we're not going to figure that out sure until the summer. But I think if you get them early, I think that's definitely a win because they're still going to be trying to figure themselves out under yeah, a new coaching staff. But definitely. maybe if you catch them late in the year, it could be it could be a loss. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the most likely game to lose as you look at the next two are the Raiders and Seahawks. Yeah. So I think the Raiders, the Raiders is a win. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Raiders, I don't think they're the Raiders be. are in a great position. The only way is if they get Rodgers, and even then, I don't think Rodgers is like he's washed. Perk Rodgers is on the downfall. He's washed. We've been waiting our whole time in Detroit for Perk Rogers to come down. Yeah, and he's coming down finally. It's, about it's almost. I almost wish he would stay because he played terrible last year. Yeah, it would have helped the Lions. Like, they're going to be better without him. Yeah, he was not good. He was not a good quarterback last year, and everybody is just blaming his team around him. But if he's such a great quarterback, he should at least be decent. He was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. And. While I think maybe his personality would fit a little better in Las Vegas, like he's he's a he's a cancer to a yeah to a football team. I feel like the way he is in in the off season, then leaves. He's a and diva. Then he's in, yeah, he's that's a perfect word for it. He's in and out and all about the drama. You see him on the Pat McAfee show all the time. <laughs> yeah. Always about the drama. Always about the drama. He's always trying to stir up something. He does it every year. Where he acts like he's gonna retire and then he doesn't. Yeah, he's been doing it the last like two three years. Yeah. Well, what is he in now? Isn't he in like a dark? What is he this? said he was going to go in a dark room for four days and decide his future. Is this man insane? <laughs> There's something wrong with him. And then the Packers came out, and they they got ahead of it. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to let him play his games. They said, we're going to get rid of you. They have to. Before he could do all the his Pack- antics. I think the Packers should have done this two years ago. Yeah. I think, obviously, Brett Favre was a little bit before our time. But he did the same thing to Aaron Rodgers. And mm-hmm. we always – I know a lot of people in the NFL media always thought that Rodgers would never do that, do the same thing that Brett Favre did, where Brett Favre was like, oh, I'm going to retire. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm coming back and all this. And now Rodgers is, is worse. Yeah. So yeah, much he's been worse. doing it for so long. So much worse. And I don't know. I think he's just he's just doing it for attention, in my opinion. I think he is, too. I think he wants to maybe build his brand. Yeah. Which, which who cares? I mean, build your brand by being a good quarterback, because he's been yeah. a good quarterback for a long time. And I feel like he has, a, yeah, he has a, he has a, yeah, he has a good enough brand that he doesn't need to do all of this crazy, stupid nonsense stuff that he's been doing yeah. to, to be the player he does. If anything, it hurts him in my opinion. Yeah. So Raiders, we got a win. Mm-hmm. And then we got the Seahawks. <laughs> that's, that's good. How we talked about the air riders for half an hour there. <laughs> like, yeah, Raiders. Yeah. And all then right. Seahawks. And then we got the Seahawks. Luke, we were at that Seattle game we this did. year. We attended that game. Tell me a little bit about that game, because man, that uh, game for the fans. There was one call there that had me livid. <laughs> oh, you yeah. remember I was screaming some oh, yeah. not nice words on the field. They were, they were, yeah. Was, I was not speaking. Nice it was not pretty. There's a good thing there was no kids around. There might have been some kids. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right though. It's all right. They must not. They probably didn't hear. We're all good. They should have shut their ears <laughs> when I was around them. I was not happy about the call, <laughs> and there was a call where the Lions got a crucial stop on third down. And then they had the refs come in after the play, and they said the play clock was not set correctly. We had to rerun this play. Next play, Kenneth Walker takes it to the house for a touchdown. And that is arguably the deciding factor of why we lost that ballgame. Ridiculous. Because we only lost by three. Ridiculous. We would have had that stop. Ridiculous. I was livid. (laughs) You can look at a lot of things as to why they lost that game. That is definitely one of them. Yeah. The definitely defense is arguably the biggest thing. You can't allow 48 points. Yeah. 
and expect to win a game. Yeah. So maybe maybe this one stings a little bit more with me and you, but I would think that this Lions team is going to come up, come out fired up yeah. to beat the Seattle team. Yeah. And and another thing I think about this is who took that last wild card spot over the Lions? The Seahawks. The Seahawks. We were robbed. The NFL wasn't ready for us. <laughs> they were not ready. They were not ready. Not ready for us. They were not ready for the emergence of the Detroit Lions. They weren't ready for they our fan not. base to explode. Because they know that we could have won the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> you think we could have? We, we really. could have. With how hot we were. We were, I think. Other... We were piping hot, Ben. Yeah, 100%. 100%. We could have. The team was electric. Everyone was afraid of us. Everybody. The only team that might not have been was the Chiefs. That's because yeah. they were in the AFC. Yeah. Because they didn't have to face us until the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then they would have got nervous in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. They. They stole... How are you going to stop Jared Goff when he's on the play action? You can't. The best play action passer in the NFL. They're like, oh, this 49ers defense is going to stop Jared Goff. Who cares? We have Who seen. has? Nobody has. Nobody. nobody Once we has. got rolling, nobody could stop us. Nobody. Besides the Panthers, that was a fluke game. Yeah. That was and a... even our offense, it was it was it was okay. It wasn't terrible. I would the offense wasn't the thing that lost the game. It was a defense. Jared Goff still had three touchdown passes. That yeah. Game. The defense was the reason we lost that game. Yeah. You can't allow. They allowed like 400 rushing yards. An absurd number. They set records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ridiculous. Absurd. It's terrible. But I, to, back to that game, I think that this is a game that you saw you just got a little fired up for that there. Yeah. Imagine how fired up this team is going to be to play that team that took their playoff spot in the playoffs. Is it, they took their chances away to do anything, you know, have this special team go on. The NFL wasn't ready, though. They weren't ready. <laughs> they were not ready. They weren't ready. Because we all know that the Rams should have won that ball game. The Rams are playing a better game. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey had a couple picks. They were feeling themselves. It was electric out there. I was getting hyped watching the game on the television. And then all of these baloney calls come in. Roughing the kicker. What are they Late doing? Hit. They missed all of these calls. Face mask on DK. Man, that was so many. Jalen Ramsey to the ground with his face mask. And call it. They missed a taunting call. They missed all this stuff. Ridiculous. It was terrible. J- DK Metcalf ran onto the field <laughs> on a Rams. When the Rams were on a the Rams were on offense. DK Metcalf ran onto the field to taunt one of the Rams players, and they didn't call anything. It was ridiculous. Terrible. The amount of missed calls there, it just shows you, yet again, to my point, that the NFL was not ready for the Lions to be successful. They weren't. Because they know that we could have won a Super Bowl, and we were not supposed to. It was not a part of the script. It wasn't a part of the script. So that's a game the Lions are going to be fired up for. Yeah. Let's look fired at the away up. games. Fired up. Yeah, let's look at the away games. So we got the Bears. Bears away at Soldier Field. I think we beat them. Yeah, I, I think the Bears are still a year or two back. But I, I think Ben, you gotta hear me out here. I'll, I'll hear you. I'm I here. think that the Bears is our best competition we have in the division. Enlighten me. Why? They have. Do they have the one or second pick? I can't remember. One. They have the number one overall pick. Justin Fields was promising last year. Yeah, He's I not a great passer, but he didn't have anything to pass to at the same time. It's true. He had great legs. He was doing it all himself. You, you could say, oh, he has Chase Claypool. He was thrown in the middle of the year. It's tough he, to tough as a receiver. Chase Claypool didn't look good either. Yeah. he's The Bears have one of the highest caps of money to spend. They have yeah. a lot of money. They're not paying anybody right now. Justin Fields is on his rookie deal. Having a quarterback on your rookie deal is one of the best things because the quarterback you pay the most. Yeah. And not having to pay the quarterback a lot of money is – that's financial freedom. You can yeah. do whatever. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I think I I think that it's definitely between the Bears and the I think the Bears will be better than Packers for sure. I, I think, think the Bears will be the second best team. Yeah, I think the Bears and Vikings will be close. I don't think either of them are extraordinarily good football teams. I could yet. see the Bears winning like seven or eight games this year. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings are in the same boat. I think yeah. I think both of them are are around 500, a little bit below 500 football teams at yeah. this point. But I think I think that they should. I don't know if they will. I think they might. I think they should trade that first overall pick and get two, maybe three first round picks, or do something else, get some more draft capital, and then they can really build that team up. I agree. I think if if you're the Bears, you you're sitting in a very good spot because you found a quarterback that you can that you can build around. And all they gotta do is build now. The, yeah, the that's options the are limitless. Half the battle. You look at the Jets; they try to do the same thing, and they have built around Zach. They have Wilson, everything but the quarterback. But the quarterback, yeah. And they weren't successful exactly. in the playoffs. Yep, exactly. I think that they found the quarterback they can build around. That's going to be a huge thing. For <laughs> that's going to be a huge thing for the Bears in these upcoming years. I think that the Bears' ceiling is definitely a lot higher than where the Vikings are, but I think their floor is definitely a little bit lower. I think that the Bears will be the runner up to us the next few years while we're running the division. Because we are running the division the next few years. The Detroit Lions are the team to beat, not in the NFC North, in the NFC. Yeah. Some say the Eagles had a Mickey Mouse run this year. I don't oh they okay. had a they had an easy schedule up to the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay, but they still went they still lost two games with Jalen Hurts all year. They I think they had a pretty easy schedule. I'm I'm not down on the Eagles. The Eagles have a damn good football team. I think there. the Eagles are really good. The Eagles might have the best overall team. Yeah. But they had a super, super easy schedule, and you can't deny that. I agree. I would Beating agree. the unproven Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes is the most mean player, arguably. Mm-hmm. I think going into the Super Bowl, they definitely had the easiest path. Yeah, because who they play? They had the bye week, Danny Dimes, and then who they play in the championship? The 49ers they without Brock Purdy. no quarterback is who they played. They <laughs> no played quarter- Christian McCaffrey as their quarterback. <laughs> That's Hitchcock. who they played? They played a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball. Ridiculous. So I don't know. They, I think the Lions are the team to beat in the NFC. Team to beat in the NFC. In the NFC. I think I think they're definitely in the top three contenders for winning the NFC. I would agree. I think just the future and then all the options that we can do this offseason. Everything, all the draft picks. We have a ton of draft picks. Two first round picks. The the limit. The sky is the limit, then. I agree. That's what the limit is. I agree. I think the sky is 100% the limit. I think for this Lions team, everybody – I can tell you what's going to happen is everybody's going to be like, oh, the Eagles are the team to beat. They return this this crazy young team. And, oh, well, the 49ers with this fantastic defense and then now watch a full year of Brock Purdy or Trey Lance or whoever they end up going with at quarterback. They're, they're going to talk about the Eagles. They're going to talk about the 49ers. I can tell you that that's what just what the media is going to do because that's how the media is. But I think that they should be talking about the Lions more than they are, like you said. Because I think that the Lions the, – the, the problem with the Eagles is they have some offensive line guys who I wouldn't be surprised they retired. They're, They're getting very, older. Very old. They're, very old. Their whole team is kind of aging to an extent. Yeah, other than their quarterback, really. Yeah. Really. And Devontae Smith. I would say mm-hmm. other than that, but like their Both defense – Both of their lines are aging, offensive yeah. and defensive line. Yep. And for the 49ers, like who knows I, – I love Brock Purdy. I'm a huge Brock Purdy guy, but who knows if that was just a little flash in the pan moment. He, it could he could be a one year wonder. He could be very well be, and especially coming off a, a Tommy John surgery. Yeah. You remember what happened to RG three after yeah. his surgery? Yeah, that was scary. You never know because RG three was on trajectory to be one of the greats. He was one of the best running quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
He could have been. Yeah. But injuries can get to you, especially mm-hmm. quarterback of your legs. Yeah. All right, let's rattle off a couple of these away games a little quick here. All righty. Uh, so we got the Bears. I say it's a win. You're saying that's a win. Okay. Yeah. And then we got the Packers. Win. Packers win mm-hmm. at Lambeau Field. I think so. We did it this year. Yeah. Yeah. We swept the Packers. Yeah. And I think they're worse next year. Yeah. Vikings. Okay, so I, here's what I'm going to say. I think we lose one of those Vikings or Bears game on the road. I don't think we go undefeated. I think we go 5-1 and one in conference. Vikings play. is a hostile environment. Yeah, I think we lose one of those games, either yeah. Bears or Vikings. But I think I don't think we lose both. They got that Viking horn going. It's yeah. a tough place Ooh. to play in. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's a tough, tough place to play in. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And we lost there this yeah. year. Yeah, so I would say one of those two games. I say it's a little more likely that we lose We should have won Vikings. there this year, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. We don't need to get into that. But yes. uh, You could get me going here, yeah. folks, yeah. but – we only got yeah. That was it was yeah. All right. So then at Chiefs, we have at I would, Chiefs. I would say I'm not gonna lie, guys. That's probably a loss. If it was home, well, we we're taking that. We're taking yeah. that. If, if it was at home, we could give them a run for their money. Patrick Mahomes, we got Perk Mahomes, should I say? Perk Mahomes, yeah. Perk Mahomes, he might got yeah. us here. At Chargers. Mm. It's Man, tough Justin one. Herbert's a darn, darn good quarterback. He's very good. I think it's a toss-up. I think Chargers are gonna win this one. That's something that it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the Chargers do around Herbert this offseason. To I see think how that I game think goes. the Chargers are going to win this yeah. one. Yeah, and then but we then got the I Saints to win. You think so? I think so. I think the Saints are. I think the Saints are still a little ways away. Hear me out. I think the Saints might have the worst future in the NFL. I agree. I After think... Sean Payton left, everybody said that, and they seem to forget about it just because they went seven and nine, like they aren't on the complete downward slope. Oh yeah, they got nothing going for them. No pieces. Yeah. Where the hell is Michael Thomas, who's supposed to be their best player? He's has been. Uh, He's been MII, MIA yeah, the for, last few years. Yeah, for forever. For every year, something yeah. injured, something's going on with the yep. guy. He can't stay on the field. He's supposed yep. to be their franchise player. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you stay in that same division. You got the Tom Brady list Bucks. What are you going there? Man, right. the Buccaneers and the Saints, those might be the two worst futures in the whole entire NFL. NFC South is terrible. Yeah. They Not were terrible this yep. year. So the both Buccaneers of those got wins. in at eight and nine. 100%. Yeah. Both of those are wins. Then you got at Cowboys. Cowboys are gonna win. Okay. Last year at AT&T Stadium, they got us. They got us bad. We did have some injuries going on there, but I want to say it was twenty-four to six. Yeah, I think this is another one. It'll be interesting to see where we play them in the season. But I used to be a Dak Prescott fan. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. After this year, I despise Dak Prescott. Yeah. I changed up so quick. Yeah. Because had to change your tune. I was thinking, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Yeah, give me one more chance. I was like, all right, I'm giving him one more chance. Mm-hmm. I see him on the commercials. He's a fun guy. He's a cool guy, you know. Yeah. Oh, he's throwing the deep ball. He's he's an exciting player to watch. Yes. This year, he did not look good. Yeah. He did not look good, straight up. And in the playoffs, he disappointed, as always. Yeah. Year after year, the Cowboys are not where they should be. And they are America's team. But, you know... <laughs> They're called America's team. I feel like a lot of people hate them. But they're called America's team. Yeah, I know. You know, I saw something that Dallas was in the Super Bowl for the first time since the 90s. You know why? Why? Oh, Dallas got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That one gave me a good old chuckle, man. I saw another thing, and it was it was a TikTok 
it was talking about Mahomes gave the Super Bowl trophy to some random fan. Did you see that? I did not see that. See, yeah. So he just gave the Super Bowl trophy to some random fan and just walked away. That's he was, hilarious. He was hammered out of his mind. He gave the Super Bowl trophy to a random person and walked away. I saw a little comment, and it was like, wow, that guy's touched a Super Bowl trophy longer than Dak Prescott had in his whole <laughs> career. And I was like, dang, man, brutal out here. Yeah. But, man. yeah. So I'm going to say an L, though. Okay. And then we go at, at Baltimore. Man, this this game can vary. I could see us winning or losing. I think it all win. depends on Action Jackson. For I me. agree. I agree. If Lamar Jackson is still in the Ravens uniform, we're gonna lose. I think. Yeah, I agree. If he's not in the Ravens uniform, we're gonna win. Mm-hmm. I agree. I I think that's probably. There's a lot of questions win. for the Baltimore Ravens yeah. this offseason. I think that's a game we win. I think especially if we catch them earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I think we win that. Game. Do you think? Now my question for you is: Do you think Lamar Jackson will be there next year? That's a tough question. I, I don't think he will. I don't think he's going to either. The way they ended this year, it kind of it was a little sketchy. Whereas, like, I'm not sure if if that's really gonna mm-hmm. if that's really gonna work. Now, where do you think Action Jackson will go? It's tough to say. Uh, I'm not really sure. There's the free agent market. I could see him on the Jets. Crazy. Do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. What do you think of that? I think that would be a really good fit. I think that they have a, a good running system with Brees Hall, Michael Carter, who was the other guy. Um, boom, boom uh, his name's like Boom. What? Huh? James oh yeah, James Robinson. But uh, I'm talking. They about got the... some pieces. They got some. Yeah, pieces. Bam, Bam, uh... Bam Bayou. <laughs> no, Miami Heat. No, 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 I'm just kidding, no. Guys. I forget his name. Okay, well, you know, if you're an NC State fan, because he's a running back for NC State, Bam Knight. That's his name. Okay, there I see, Ben. Yeah, Bam Knight. I was gonna say if the NC State fans can come get me, but Bam Knight is his name. I think that they'd have a good running attack, some good receivers with Garrett Wilson. I forget who else is there. Is Corey Davis still there? Man, I, I feel like he is. He's been there yeah. for ages. And He's uh, just a solid guy. Really. Yeah, Elijah Moore. Yep. Uh, so you have, you, you have some guys there. And TJ, solid, solid line. Yeah. They, they drafted some guys yeah. last year. And I think the defense is pretty pretty good. They have arguably the best defense in the whole NFL. Yeah, so I think Lamar arguably. Jackson. I think if Lamar Jackson goes to the Jets, that's a perfect that's, That could be a very good team in the AFC. Yeah. That team could be competing with the Chiefs if they get a franchise quarterback like that. I agree. Bring in Action Jackson. They're running around. They got that great defense. It's going to be a hard team to stop. I, I think so, too. So, I would say for this Lions team. Let's tally that up. So, we yeah. said loss to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Or. Yeah. Broncos. That's it for home. And then. One of the Bears or Packers. Packers. No, one of the Bears or Vikings, we said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vikings. So, Vikings. Yeah, so that's two. Chiefs. Three. Chargers. Four. Cowboys five, so that's that's twelve and five. Twelve and five. Yeah, that'll do it. I could very well see us going twelve five. And agree. if Lamar Jackson is on the Ravens, you're eleven and six. 11 and, six. and I still think that's a very successful year, and I yeah. think that's good enough to win the division. Definitely. I think that I don't think anybody's been eleven and six in this division. Yeah, I agree. So I'm I'm very excited for the future. I agree. I think that the future for the Lions is like I said earlier, like both of us said earlier, the best in Detroit. One of the better in the NFL. And I think if you're a Lions fan, you really got something to be excited for here. Yeah, man. The It's really just – there's so much that could happen mm-hmm. with the draft and free agency. I think we might make a splash move. Yeah. I think that we should draft a corner. Really? And sign a corner. Really? I think we should get Jeff Okuda at the third corner position. Really? Yeah. I think you could put Jeff Okuda in the slot. Yeah. not You know, not to tease other podcasts, but we're definitely going to get into that a lot later in the year. Okay. Probably on the upcoming weeks here. A little mock here. draft? A little, little mock draft, stuff okay, like okay. that. So I think that we should probably get off the lines here and let's talk a little bit of Tigers. Okay, bud.
All right, so pitchers and catchers reported for spring training. I think it was on Monday or Tuesday. Sounds right. And I believe that all the players are reporting pretty soon here. Tell me a, a little bit about this Tigers team as we look into their next upcoming year. I think that I don't know how I feel. I I had high expectations last year. As most Tigers fans did. Because we were terrible, terrible, terrible. And then last year we were told we got Torkelson Green coming up, our two best prospects. You bring in all these guys like Meadows. You bring in some pitching guys. Mm-hmm. You bring in some, some Jonathan veterans. Scope, Javier yeah. Baez. The team was supposed to be built well, mm-hmm. and we had our new guys coming in. Let's and say it how it was. Started. It sucked. It was an absolute train wreck. Train wreck. It was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. The team did not look good mm-hmm. in any aspect. Yeah. Our pitching was not good. Our bullpen was solid, not good. It was solid compared to years before. Yeah. And our bats were terrible. So terrible that the Detroit Tigers ownership was forced to bring in the walls this year because we were generating no offense last year. Yeah. They are bringing in the left field, center field, and right field walls this year. Yeah. Because of our horrendous offense last year. They forced to. Because we had no offense. The fans had nothing to cheer about. Yeah, it was terrible. You need your fans to get One into of the, the game. worst offenses of all time. That offense was horrendous. Horrendous. And, it, and then you had Casey Mize get hurt, Scooble. which was it's, – it's terrible. Scooble get hurt, and you already have Turnbull out. Yeah. Is Turnbull returning this year? He is. Okay. So you had kind of just something – like you compared it to a train wreck. It was a train, and, and it looked good. It was going fast. It was going good. And then it kind of just flew off the rails. And instead of, you know, hitting, you know, maybe like a soft spot, like maybe a bush or something like that, it like – Went off the rails all the way off of a cliff. It was this terrible. team just fell off of the face of the earth. Every single ounce of anticipation and and everything we were excited for in the year was just torn away from us Tigers fans last year. And you look at that team from last year, and now you look at this team from this year, and there's not very many differences. Where did we improve, really? We didn't. We have almost the exact same roster. Well, I can tell you where we improved is we improved in the front office. Yeah. Alavio being gone, it's just... Oh. Everybody can just take a deep breath. They can. Just take a nice exhale and relax because that hell is over with. He folks. was one of the worst general managers. Six, he, seven years was absolutely hell yeah. for the Detroit. I'm not Tigers. even going to say one of the worst. He was the worst general manager I've Maybe ever. Maybe in the history of sports. He was horrendous. One of the worst general managers ever. Terrible. Especially after coming after a Detroit legend, Dave Dombrowski. Mm-hmm. Dave Dombrowski is a great general manager mm-hmm. who got us to the World Series. Won a, got us to the World Series, won a World Series in with, Boston. Yep, and we won one with the Marlins. The Marlins, yeah, I was back say in that. the day. Yeah, with Cabrera, Cabrera, where they were official, they're yeah. officially together the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Then they reunited in Detroit yep. together. And then you bring in a guy, Scott Harris, who was in the Giants organization for such a long time, and you look at these Giants teams that have been, you know, I mean, the 2010s, they went the World Series. Sit- three times in six years and one of three times as well. Yeah. Yep. And the teams that he has are not really having those big, big name players. Sure. You have your Madison Bumgarners, you have your Pablo Sandoval's at when he was good. You have your, you know, Brandon Crawford, Call them Panda bear, yeah, the, the Panda bear. Yeah. He was a sweet, but you have all these players, but really what they rely on is these glue type players mm-hmm. that are, are not necessarily the guys that – not household names. Yeah. Not household names. Detroit's and, not 
known for household names. Yeah, for and most I, I think it's that a gritty city. Yeah, I think that Scott Harris is a very good fit for the organization of the Tigers. And I wonder if part of the reason why he hasn't done much this year, not to make any excuses for him not doing anything, because I think he needed to make some moves this offseason, but I wonder if part of the reason he didn't is because this organization and the Tigers was just so broken that he needed to just slowly work out all of the guys that were, you know, maybe the coaches in the minor leagues, some of the players in the minor leagues, just kind of refresh this organization. And who knows, maybe having just that new sense of this organization revitalizes some of these players' careers and gets them to a place where, sure, maybe they're not going to be a World Series contender, but they can at least compete this year. Well, can you imagine being in his position? You're hired to the Detroit Tigers. How overwhelming that has to be with how of a poverty franchise we have been. We have been terrible since 2016. We've been arguably the worst team in baseball the last six years. How terrible a position he has came into. Yeah. Like, where do you even start? It has to be so overwhelming for him. So, yeah. But that's not making excuses. His big splash signing was Michael Lorenzen, who was yeah. a back-end starter. That's yeah. his splash signing. Mm-hmm. That's the best player he brought in. I that's think, unexcusable, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You got to at least bring in somewhat of a player who's going to start. Lorenzen is a 4-5 or five yeah. on this team with guys like Casey Mize, Scooble, Turnbull. Yeah, when when Mize and Scooble come back, Manning who, as well. Who knows what he'll be in the in the rotation? He might not even start mm-hmm. if yeah. we got a full lineup. Yeah. So I don't know. I I would have just liked to see more from him, but I understand it's he's got a lot to do. It's very overwhelming. I can only imagine. And he was introduced not as our general manager. He was really introduced as our president of baseball operations. Yes. So. I wonder if he's ever if he's trying to redo the system, you know what I mean? Just trying to trying to get rid of all of the bad parts of this system, like you know, weed out the parts okay. that need to be weeded out and then putting a general manager in, like hopefully Theo Epstein into the organization who can take us to that place where we can win once the organization is built the mm-hmm. way Scott Harris does. I think he's trying to build the foundation. I Yes, exactly. It's kind of like when the Lions selected Penny Sewell last year. Mm-hmm. You got to build the foundation, yep. build the trenches. Start from the trenches, yeah. Yep. And a lot of – some people weren't a favor of Penny Sewell. They wanted, like, a splash player. Some people – because we had a high pick. Who's laughing now? Nobody. Yeah. But you got to build the trenches. You got to get your you gotta get your baseline started. Yep. Before you can build on, get the sexy names. You got to get your baseline. For sure. Your glue players, your role players. You got to get those guys developed yep. Yep. and playing. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about this 2023 Tigers team. Who? What are the names that you're looking forward to maybe being the good guys or maybe being someone that you're you're wondering how they're going to perform? What What are you? What stands out to you about this Tigers I team? I think that Javier Baez is the biggest what if. Biggest question mark. Yeah. Because yeah. he could. What if he's great? He could, because he's had he's had glimpses where he's been an absolutely great player. Yeah, the Cubs, yeah, yeah. Twenty sixteen, he was great. He had some great years. Yeah, he was the cover of MLB The Show eighteen. He was. He had a great year. Pay he him had a money. great few years. Yeah, we pay him this huge contract. Pay him a shit ton of money. And he's a nobody all of a sudden. Yeah. <clears throat> he's got a terrible eye. Terrible. Terrible plate discipline. He. A big strikeout guy and 
we knew that coming in. He's always been a big strikeout guy, whether mm-hmm. that was, you know, with the Cubs Mets. or whether that was with the Mets. Yeah, exactly. He's always been a big strikeout guy, but you hope that you're going to get some some bombs for him, maybe around, you know, 30, 40. I think maybe he hit 26 last year. I don't even know if it was yeah, that many. It was, it was underwhelming, however many bombs he hit. Even he if he hit that many, he, he, I want to say he hit 220 <laughs> last year. Yeah, it was it – was, it didn't make up for the lack of performance he had around and other aspects of his hitting game. He's supposed to be known for his glove. His glove was average last year. Yeah. It was I, nothing spectacular. Yep, I remember I went to a few. I didn't go to a ton of Tigers games last year, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, you know, just hoping that they can be someone that we want to go to the ball games. Yeah. But a couple games I did went to, did go to, I know he made an error in the San Diego Padres game I went yep. to. I think he made an error. Man, in, that, was, that was probably a good game to go to, though. It was. It was fun. Padres are very entertaining yeah, and team. I, I think they went to extra innings that game. They okay. lost, but they, I think they went to extra innings, so they competed well. And I'm pretty sure he made another error in another game that I went to. And it was just it was just very frustrating to yeah. see the way he performed. Especially when he's getting paid all that money. Yeah, he's getting paid all this money to to be like that. I actually stood up and started yelling 160 million for that after one of those errors because he I think he was 0 for three on the day. I was just fed up. Just fed up. Yeah, the whole city of Detroit is fed up with Javier Baez. Uh-huh. I and now because of LBL, all the wrongs he's done us, we are stuck with him. Yep. So we could we have gotta, we gotta live with it for now. Could have Correa. We could have Seeger. We could could have who else was there? Lindor was in that market, uh, I think. I think Brandon Crawford was a free agent. Brandon Crawford. There's all these guys. If you waited one more year, or you could have signed one of these guys this year, moved Javier Baez, you could have still signed Correa again. Dansby Swanson, Treya Turner, all these guys could have played shortstop for us, but we're stuck with Javier Baez. Don't get me started, Ben. Yeah. It's a long rabbit hole <laughs> where is. we could go with this. It is. So then let's talk. Of Al, of yeah. mistakes. Yeah. That could yeah. go on all day. Could. I could be here for 10 hours straight <laughs> talking about all the fortunes and the this the disappointment that he's brought to the great city of Detroit. This was once a great baseball town. Don't get me started. I won't let you get started. Okay, Ben. All right, let's 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 talk about the rotation. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the rotation. Eduardo uh, Rodriguez was a big name we brought in. Mm-hmm. I want to say we paid him about eighty million. I want to say I think it was five sounds years right. eighty million. I think that sounds about. That's right. a pretty big contract. Yep, it's a lot of money for a pitcher. He did not play last year much at all. Mm-mm. He was playing in the beginning. He and went on he his was, little hiatus. He was on a leave for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't on. A, we didn't put him on a leave. He just left. Yeah. We didn't know where he was. Yeah. He was just on a leave. It's I don't, always good when you're I don't a professional know if athlete. Just, I don't you. even know if they disclosed where yeah. he went, but he was on a leave. Like, just imagine if you're employed, like, just a general employee. You got a nine to five. Yeah. And you just, n- just never show up for your shifts again. Yeah. Just for like That's four months. Just, oh, pretty. And then, then he came back. Like nothing happened. That's yeah. basically what Eduardo Rodriguez did. It it put a bad taste in my mouth. Oh yeah, it should have. Especially when he's getting paid all that money, and he can't even show up for the team that signed him, put faith in him, and paid him. Yeah, and he can't show up for us. Exactly, it's ridiculous. I was I was not impressed with him, and we're paying him a lot of money. We're paying him ace money, and he's not looking like an ace. He is not an ace. He's he not was an ace. at one time maybe considerably close to an ace, but he not was now. a two. I think it was a two at his best, Ben. I don't know if he was ever an ace. Yeah, I think maybe you look at him. He was on that Red Sox team. They had Chris Sale. I think maybe if he's on a different team, he's an ace. Maybe maybe his peak. Yeah. But other uh, other aspects of that rotation, you obviously don't have Miser Scooble for what seems to be the majority of this year. Yeah, that's Hope, a big, big loss. Yeah, those big are probably loss. two guys that we were looking for to be our two aces. Mize is the future. I'm a big Mize fan. Yeah, both of them are fantastic. But 
you lose those two, but you do get Spencer Turnbull back, who I think was kind of he had a lot of raw potential mm-hmm. coming in. And I feel he, like Spencer Turnbull is very forgotten about. Yeah, he started to figure out that raw potential. Mm-hmm. He threw that no hitter. Yeah, I remember watching that no hitter. Yep, the game in Seattle. It was about one in the morning. We had the late times because mm-hmm. they're three hours behind. Yeah, it was a great performance. Yeah, Jamer Candelario had that diving catch in the ninth inning yep. to save it. It was fantastic watching that game. Spencer Turnbull deserved that game. So I think Spencer Turnbull, if he can, if he can kind of hone that that part of his ability and that part of what he was, he could be a guy that could be a solid two for this team. Mm-hmm. And then you bring Matt Boyd back. You know, one year, ten million dollar. Ten million is a lot of money. It's a lot for of a money, for, especially for a pitcher. It's a yeah. lot of money. But I think that if if he's gonna be a three, that kind of just cements a three for us all year. I think it's warranted money. Yeah, I think. And then you have Matt Manning, who is also coming back. I think he didn't pitch much last year. He I pitched think, a decent amount. I think he could be a guy that could be all right for us. Matt Manning has a lot of potential. He's. I don't think he's ever gonna be a high end starter. But I think at one point he was supposed to be. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't see him getting there now. I think that he could be a back-end, maybe middle rotation starter. Yeah, I could definitely see him being like a Doug Fister to our 2012 Detroit Tigers. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like a, like a very solid guy at the back-end, you know? Yes. Because we're going to have our Mises, our Scoobles, our Turnbulls, maybe Turnbull, but you got Mises and Scoobull for a long time is our yeah. future one, Oh, too. yeah, future pitchers right there. Yeah. And then you have Lorenzen finishing Lorenzen, off, which we already kind of talked about yeah, a lot. We don't need to get into him a ton. Yeah, I don't want to talk yeah. about it. And then re- the, the bullpen got considerably worse from last year. Yeah. Considerably worse. The bullpen, there's not many key points yeah. to talk about. Alex here. Lange, Justin Foley, Jose Cisnero. Cisnero's Will good. Vest, Tyler Alexander. Yeah. It's just like. It's just, mm, eh. Yeah, you never really Nothing know. amazes me. Yeah. Nothing gets me going. No. Nothing turns me on. Nothing, nothing uh, sexy. Yeah, I would say that's kind of. You said nothing turns me on. I think that's kind of the way this Tigers baseball team has like, been the last six years. Yeah. Man. Well, especially I think this year just completely like enhances that whole entire thing. There's there's not much to look forward to, and I I want them to be good. All yeah. I want them is to be good. Yeah. But there's not much to look especially forward to. especially something we haven't talked about yet. Cabrera's last year. Yep. That is maybe the only silver lining. Yeah. It's going to get people to the ballpark. Yeah, especially towards the end of the year mm-hmm. when he's making his farewells. Yeah. Yep. I think Miguel Cabrera is my favorite Detroit Tiger of all time. And that may be the only reason you'll see me tuning into games this year. Yeah. I think if you're the Tigers, just as an organization in general, you have to do everything possible that you can to make this final year for Miguel Cabrera a good final year and yeah. worthwhile. He's given his all to this franchise. So we have to give it back. Yeah. Off topic. Have you seen he's grown out a man bun? I have not seen his man yeah, bun. Miguel Cabrera has a man bun, folks. I cannot see him with a man bun. He has a man bun. If you look on his Instagram, Miguel Cabrera has a man bun. How does it look? I'm not a fan, man. You're not a fan. I don't think I would be either. If I'm yeah, being completely honest with you. I'm not a big fan. But some people like the man bun. I... I'm not a fan of the man bone. Maybe it's just a little off-season thing he's got going on. Maybe he'll be clean by the start of the year. But people I don't like know. to get a little frisky in the off-season yeah, sometimes. Man. People, people go a little haywire, man. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Every <laughs> we year, already talked about it. We already year. talked about it every year. Don't get me going yeah. on Rodgers. Perk Rodgers. Again, again, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole again. Uh, 
Yeah, but Miguel Cabrera is really the only yeah. thing that we can be looking forward to as Detroit mm-hmm. Tigers fans. I think the final thing I kind of want to wrap up with this Tigers team is looking uh, really the outfield because we haven't really talked about that. Okay. And then maybe yeah, talking we'll talk just a little bit about Spencer Torkelson. Okay. So what do you make of this this outfield situation first? Well, the only one that really strikes my interest is Riley Green. Mm-hmm. Riley Green is a he's going to be one of our best players. I think in you the can. Future. Yeah, I agree with that. And not not to cut you off and take it maybe a different way, but I think the other thing about the outfield you can do is put a little asterisk next to Austin Meadows' name because who knows? Yeah, who knows what he's going to be really? Yeah, you don't know. He could be the guy he was in Tampa Bay, and if we get that, it would be. He I was think, once a guy who was hitting thirty bombs a year. Yeah. Playing some solid defense. He could be a game changer. Yeah, he could be. He could be a yeah. solid, solid cleanup hitter. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with Green, you know what you're going to get, and you probably expect him to take that next step. I think yeah. Meadows could be a guy that could be really good. And then in left field, you have Badu, Veerling, or Kerry Carpenter, and you never really know which one of those are going to start. My guess is it'll be a little bit of a platoon uh, yeah, situation. The, the young man, Akil Badu, he cannot hit the left-handed pitching. No. He cannot hit the left-handed pitching. Yeah, once once the famous Akil Badu, not so much anymore. Yeah, he was a bit of a one-year wonder. Yeah. So far, he could turn it around. Maybe can, sophomore slump, some say. Uh-huh, and, but he can he can do maybe not the same as he was that that rookie year he had where he was you know was everybody's incredible. favorite player and and rightfully so. Yeah, he was incredible. But he can definitely, I think, be a solid hitter against right-handers. And mm-hmm. then if you have Veerling, who's a good hitter against left-handers and is a guy that's been on the Phillies for a while and has been a talented player for the Phillies, maybe not a crazy talented, yeah. but a player, He's solid. a player that, yeah, can get the job done for the Phillies for the past few years. I think this outfield could honestly look okay if things pan out. Yeah. Last year, things not. Not at all. Maybe this year, things go a different way. Yeah, but it's a, I don't know, the whole team, you just, you don't know. You really There's don't. so many question marks on this whole ball yep. team. And going with that question mark thing, Spencer Torkelson. Spencer Torkelson may be the biggest question mark on this whole team, Ben. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Because let's be honest. We all want Torkelson to be good. We all think he can be great. Former number one overall pick out of Arizona yep. State. 2020, number one overall pick. He did not look good last year. There's flashes. He had some small flashes, man. That home run against the White Sox, that bad foot. He had flip. a few. He had a few. Uh, that was one of my flashes. favorite Tigers moments from last year. That but was not a say, very good. I want to say, Ben, he hit about 180 last year. Yeah, he sucked. Flat out, simple, he was not good. Was terrible. He was not good. Was not a good baseball player. Not at all. He was. And his defense was okay. He's at first base, but still, it was okay. So so. So so. Nothing, nothing to write home about. Nothing sexy. Nothing sexy. Nothing not that turns you on. Nothing that turns me on. Nothing that gets me going. Ben. Nothing like that. We but, need him to to find that Arizona State 2020 yeah. 2019 season. Spencer Torkelson, that's going to be pimping home runs out yeah. of the park, bat flipping. Because he used to be a very sexy swing. He yeah. used to have a great swing. And the swing, it just didn't look there. You wonder if he lost his confidence. Maybe. he's. But you got to remember, he's not in a great environment. Mm-hmm. It's probably hard to succeed being a Detroit Tiger right now. Coming into the team. Yeah. Especially when there's so many question marks. So many question marks on this team. Everywhere. You don't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on with management, front office. It's just it's just not a great scenario still. It might have gotten a little bit better in the last year, but not much. Yeah. I think 
you can look at the end of last year when he was called up again, and there are definitely some improvements that I believe he made from the start of when he came out the start of the season to where he ended. But I think there's still a long ways to go for Spencer Torkelson. And you can honestly say that for this whole Tigers team, long ways to go. There's a long ways to go. And the rebuild seems to be never ending, never ending. Well, I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about with the Tigers coming up soon here. Uh, You know, their season's going to be starting soon. We're going to have world baseball classic. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Okay. But I I think that's probably going to wrap up. Sounds everything good. I got for today for you and and really hope to have you back soon here. Maybe talk a okay. little Lions draft. It was a pleasure, Ben. It was a you know it was a pleasure having you on here. Uh, Thank let's, you. Let's do it again, Ben. We should do it again. To to all the listeners out there, let's try and share this podcast. You know, all your friends, buddies. You know, if they like talking about like talking about sports, like hearing people talk about sports, just like hearing people talk. Share this podcast. You know, let's try and grow this thing. Uh, yeah, I'm give talking it three one three. Yeah, and we thank you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, give talking three one three. Yeah, talking three one three. You know, give it a, a five stars on Spotify. Uh, rate it anywhere you can rate it, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor, Yahoo. You know, whatever you listen to this on, give it a five stars. Enough Thank- of this. Thank you. <laughs> okay.